Well, holy shit, I actually managed to do it. After procrastinating for ages, I finally managed to produce an audiobook version of the Lunatic Fringe book. It's currently available on all Amazon sites, audible.com, and shortly on iTunes. And if you're the page-turning type, it's also, of course, still available in Kindle form, paperback, and uh, hardback on Amazon. 10 hours and 10 years worth of Blue Skies Magazine's articles, all available to you right fucking now, including a few author's notes and even an apology or two. Enjoy. Blue skies call. They seduce us, pulling us irresistibly upwards, reminding us to fly our own line on our wings and in life. We are the seekers, adventurers, being one with the air, feeling everything and nothing at once. That's the magic we chase. Follow the call. Find your pure wild flight with NZ Aerosports. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. 
They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void with a familiar face and a familiar voice, but we're just going to dive right into it. Who the fuck are you? What do you do? I am Chris Stewart, and I'm a test jumper for NZ Aerosports. I used to be a competitive swooper, but I feel like it's been a few years since I've done that. <laughs> You're getting a little rusty, are you? Oh, man. I um, Yeah, I, I pulled out my picture. I've got, I've got my, my wings all relined, ready for the world's. Uh, but I pulled out my Petra the other day, my 66, and I don't think I've jumped it for, like, almost a year. Right. But, like, I've been jumping uh, with Aerosports. I jumped a prototype. So I'm, I'm sticking around that smaller size anyway, just right. not Petra. And I jumped it, and I was so – I don't know. I was angry at myself, but I think just for letting myself get that on current. But at the same time, because we've got the pond at Skydive Auckland, and I, I uh, went through it, and I was just like, that was, that was terrible. I barely made it out the sand pit out the back. And I was like, there's no winds. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So <laughs> I've got to do some pretty intensive training and just like, you know, I'm pretty much just going to wing the shit out of it. We'll, sure. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure were it out. you, uh, were you nervous getting back on it? I mean, that wing's pretty fucking intimidating. Um, nah, no, nah, not really. I was, uh, I was more excited, but I had just jumped, uh, some pretty small prototypes that were about the same size, but they were seven cells. So size wise, I wasn't too worried. And yeah, I guess there was a little bit of, uh, I guess anticipation for like what was coming because I had I, I you know what it's like yeah. it's like riding a bike so they say but it's like riding a really fucking fast bike that's just a ballistic missile in the sky so right yeah as soon as it as soon as it opened it was you know I was like oh yeah this is this is me this is it but it was yeah. more um, just the things of like you would have talked to a lot of swoopers just your turn dynamic and stuff like that I was turning I think as I was turning I was like that was terrible that was shit that was rubbish like just. <laughs> parts of the turn and i was like went through the course and i was like i was annoyed and i was like well you know are you surprised you're not just going to get back on it and smash out 150 meters sure my my nerves always were um the more than a few times that i've gone on current on a small canopy i'd I'd get saddled out under the canopy and my my worries weren't i'm flying a really high performance canopy that's going fast my worries were i'm rusty enough that i just might think i'm not that rusty and do something fucking stupid (laughs) yeah yeah i think that comes with experience so like maybe a younger me would have been like right i'm going for the biggest distance on i can right whereas this one like I stepped back. I like, I gave myself heaps of time before the, the gates. I took it like, you know, as far as flying a Petra goes, I took it pretty easy. So that's, I think that's something you, you know, you get as you get older. Like, like we were talking about before, you can do a lot of dumb shit in skydiving. Uh, and eventually, I don't know, I think we spoke about it on one of the other ones. Eventually, you're kind of like, yeah. I still want to push the limits, but I want to push within my limits as well. Sure. Sure. Well, like I said, just off the podcast uh, in regard to both jumping and flying, the only things that I haven't done are the things that I really fucking don't want to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's a, a, 
yeah, that's a good way to be, like we were saying, that's a good way to be sort of not signing off, but just like be at. Like, yeah. And I've done a lot. I can. T- I don't have to be in it all the time right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. and hats off to the guys that will go and go balls out, especially after they've had some nasty stuff. I mean, Nick is a prime example. And, oh, and the old guard, Pablo Hernandez, he'll kill me for saying it, but he calls himself yeah. old too. For him yeah. getting back out and just ringing it out, but they come to it with a lot of, experience both positive and negative which is great yeah 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 for sure and and they're like especially with those the mutant harnesses now that's the other thing i've got i've got one of them man i'm ashamed to say i've had it for for years and i've jumped it only a handful of times but i kind of never really was in a position to get current and then um I managed to convince work. I was like, hey, we should really be jumping some of our prototypes for mutants, the mutants of the future, you know? Uh, so I was like, I'm going to get paid here to get to get car on the mutants. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you've got to hustle sometimes. Sure. And, um, and I was like, cool. And, and they were really like, Julian, the designer, obviously he's aware that it's becoming more and more prominent. Mm. So so we were like, yeah, awesome. Let's get, it, let's get to it. So I got the rig packed up, literally got it packed up, ready to go, COVID. And then I just had this mutant sitting there, like freshly packed, and then just not being jumped. And then when we came back, we were so far behind on R and D that you know doing that sort of stuff and uh, sort of trying the canopies out on a different harness was not priority because we need to try them out on a regular harness because we haven't been able to jump them. So yeah, yeah. so definitely, yeah. I mean, it's it's all just excuses as well because I mean, at the end of the day, we can always find time we really really want to so sure. i did i did start making an effort like uh getting on it and i'm gonna do i think before i go to the states the plan is to take some time off aero sports and just go out to skydive auckland where they've got the pond and just you know be there for a solid few days in a row nice and just really start hammering out jumps um and i think the reality is though that that thing is the mutants like you've seen it fly it's a whole new beast and pushing that through a course uh, is like again a whole new level. So sure. I want to be smart about it. Like I don't want to take this harness and go balls to the wall through a course and just be like, oh, wait to Chris. Well, he had twenty jumps on a mutant and he just hammered it through the course <laughs> and he was really quick, but you know he hit every bollard. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's kind of funny yeah. watching the mutant because I've never, I never will fly one, but uh, watching it fly and and the position that it puts the jumpers in. When I started flying a higher performance canopy and swooping, whatever my version of swooping was, instead of allowing my legs to go back like you see the swoopers do nowadays, both my legs were forward. The risk, of course, being you're going to end up breaking what I ended up breaking, which was my fucking tailbone um, because I sat on my ass hard. So when I saw the mutant position, the first thing I thought of is, oh, shit. (laughs) that's mm. that's some broken tailbones uh in the making yeah. but then it also dawns on me that the guys that are flying the mutants aren't going to be idiots like me and stall out their canopy when they're flying that thing yeah but that being said oh mate there's some bangers on social media so like man this is why like like we're talking about like, the mix and the kurtz and, uh, and cornelia and that stuff that uh especially like nick and kurt man some of the footage they're putting up those guys are just they're hungry that yeah. and you know they're so willing to push and look like I am too, but like I'm aware that I'm just not current, so I'm not in that position, you know. But they're just hammering it, and even I've got some stuff with like that hip check in the water and things like that. And it's like it's full, it's full committal, you know. Yeah, man. And it's, and it's oh man, it's so exciting. Like when you do get to jump one, 
like for anyone listening, it is if you have the opportunity and you you know you've got the the right sort of skill level for it, it's awesome. Like it, I, I kind of liken it to the very first time I jumped Petra. Like you release the brakes on Petra and you're just like, what the fuck is this? Is insane. What is going on here? <laughs> Which actually I could digress here. Funny story about the first time I jumped Petra. I'm not sure if I said this. I uh, it was one of the like the prototypes, the final prototypes. Mm. I don't think it was pre power van. And um, I opened it and I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool, not too bad. And then one of the leg straps completely slipped. So I was flying it with one completely loose leg strap and the other one, like, and I ended up coming in with my like, legs crossed over and I did like a little 90 with a little bit of speed to keep it. And I could keep it straight, but it was the weirdest thing. And I was like, that was my very first jump on Petra. Like, this is awesome. Like, What's going on? So, yeah. Bit of, bit of a reality check right out the gate. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like like I said, going on the mutant, similar thing. It's just that it's new. You know, sure. like when Petra was released, it was like nothing else was like it. So when you first jump a mutant, no one's jumped like you've never jumped anything like it. So sure. You, have you heard about the um so you've got like the way the system works as you release it? And actually quick shout out to UPT, thanks guys, awesome sponsors sending me one of those. But um the way uh you do it, you got you can release those top rings. And then you've got this. It looks really weird. So people who don't know the system are like, why is there a seatbelt? Right. So you, you know the red uh, mm. the red button? Ian, Ian Bobo described it to me as like the thumb button. So that's the <laughs> button that like releases the laps and allows you to, to sit back. Man, when you're when you because you're doing high hop and pops the first time you jump that system. Right. And uh when you're at like doing a hop and pop, and you know, there's, there's something about doing a high hop and pop that you feel like, I don't know, just that height sometimes like plays on your mind sure. to a certain degree like when you're when you're doing certain things especially with like um it's such a weird thing to say but like prototypes when like obviously if anything goes wrong we want it to go wrong high but when you're high there's just like man i'm so I don't, it's a weird mind fuck it's a weird right. thing anyway so when you're on the mute you've got to push this button and that's what releases everything and it's like the trustful you know those ones where like you're doing the, the team buildings and you're like yep. they're gonna catch me yeah. Like, and it's completely, it's, it makes no sense because you can't fall out of the harness. Right. Like, you don't need to loosen the chest strap for it because the, the, the rings and the risers come from the hips. There's no need to open up anything from there. Right. So you push this button and you're just like, it's a very split second. You're like, oh, my God, I'm falling. And then you realize, oh, no, I'm, I'm not falling. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a pretty secure harness. I'm fine. Right. But, yeah, it's just the fuzziest feeling. The, the first time you do it really gets the heart going. And then it's just like. Yeah. So, the only thing yeah, I could, a, the only thing I could liken that to be uh, like would be uh, pulling a tandem in the trapdoor you get between the drogue and the the yeah. uh, snatch of the canopy. That two or one and a half seconds of oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> Especially because sometimes they uh, they go super head low. Like yeah. I've done. I, I was actually talking to uh, I mean compared to a lot of the guys around the world, nowhere near as many tandems. But I've, I've actually done three and a half thousand tandems because I was. A lot of people meet me now and they they just can they think I went from AFF to working for Aerosports. Right. Which like when you really think about it, like, well that makes no sense. <laughs> but they they forget like or they didn't even know, which I completely understand. But I was just I was just traveling the world like everyone else, you know, living the skydiving dream, hunting yep. droves, filming. So I've done uh, those yeah, those those tandems and I just remember, yeah, you'd get some where you like like you say, you release and you get a little one, and then some where you release and you're like, Oh my god. 
what's going on here. Oh yeah, man. I started out on the old relative workshop uh, vectors, which were already sitting way head low because of the position of the drogue. And man, you'd get a delay on one of those and you'd almost be completely head down when that thing caught and whoa, you just knew it was coming, man. Oh man. That was, uh, that was the only thing I liked about the strong. The only thing I liked about the strong was it sat you really head high and it had no, uh, delay you pull it's coming. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was the, I was going to say, because we, I worked in, um, drops in New Zealand, Rotorua, and we just had strongs. I always used to joke that they they built a reserve tray and they were like, oh, shit, we forgot a main tray. We just strap, like, let's just hack on some parts and we'll just get it going. Like, Yeah. Well, I used to love watching the, yeah. I used to love watching the videos of the the uh, the strongs in free fall because there's enough of a gap between the rig and the back of the instructor that you could probably hula hoop somebody through that fucking thing. Yeah, it falls up. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, yeah, so you could do... The trap door wasn't bad. That was the one like pulled, pulled from the center. So it was more of like a, a natural position and pre-pull. And then the other one was, um, which I got caught out on and as well working at that same drop site, was you could pull the drogue release and then effectively it was just a, a, like it was a regular, you know, rig. Sport rig, yeah. Dro- yeah, you throw the drogue. I did one, um, did all my handle checks, slid to the door. And Scott, I wrote a rule when it was, when it was, that shut down now. But we used to like wrote a rule airport you could just spend a bit of time in New Zealand. It wasn't yeah. an international airport. Like, yeah. They had like two flights a week to Australia or something. And uh, I was sliding to the door, checked my handles, all good, slipped off the bench or slipped to the door. And that bench was on. Anyway, went out and I was like, handy cam. I was like, Woo, throw the drogue, you know what it's like. And then I'm like, mate, I'm at 12,000 feet. And there's like, there's some big like uh, international flights like waiting to go. And I was like, and I'm pretty sure they were climbing to 16 grand. And I was like, hey, mate, we've, uh, we can't stick around here. So you're going to help me hold this toggle down. And if you feel like you're going to be sick, yep. just let me know. Yep. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. It's puke or a jet. Uh, one of the two you pick. Yeah. 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 We've got two options. Yeah, for sure. I love that one, though, when the, when the passenger, everyone's had that, when the passenger's so oblivious. Like we got about three seconds of free fall, five seconds of free fall, and then he was like, "That was amazing." Yeah, like, well, that was not quite the plan. Yeah, it wasn't exactly it. what we had in mind. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. No, no, I've I've had those as well, and and the tandem students very rarely have a clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pretty back standard. to the mutant harness. I wanted to ask a question, uh, and I can I can definitely um, get something from you in regard to the mutant harness and R and D. Um, have you guys taken into consideration completely different designs based on that harness or would that even be necessary because of how it attaches? I don't know enough about the system to know if a redesign would be necessary. Yeah, I think from what we've, what we've seen from a lot of them, because they, they tend to, to, to pop up a little bit through the course for competition. So it seems like um, the other manufacturers are just going really steep on a trim. Mm. So, um, but Julian... Julian, the designer, you, you know Julian, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've yeah, had him on a couple times. Exactly, yeah. I was on with him, actually. Too. Yeah. <laughs> a long few years. Yeah, right. Um, but he's, he's uh, we have spoken about it, and there's like, I think when he, instead of modifying what we've got for the mutant, he, because, you know, he's all about R&D, he, he's keen to eventually design something for the mutant. So, Specific, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, 
with kind of liken it to speed wings, how efficient they are. But yeah. we all know, like, you don't pull the front risers on speed wings. So, because they're very, you know, they're quite sensitive and they can collapse sure. on a lot of models. So, um, disclaimer, I'm not sure if you can't pull the front risers on all of them, just a lot of them. I know you can't. But we, we've actually had prototypes that fly amazing. But when we do control checks um, to make sure that, you know, the, the parachute's safe, before we commit to landing it. One of them is pulling front risers because that's what everyone does. You know, that's a really common input. Um, one of the things, if we can do it, is to educate skydivers, you know, like we don't want to necessarily pull the front risers anymore because once we get past that and distorting the wing and just letting it fly as it should, we can actually sort of delve into new designs or designs that are a little bit more, it's definitely the hyper-performance market that, we're, that this would be aimed at, but mm. canopies that you don't touch the front risers. You you leave them alone because they are scary. So sure. So and, everything and would be we, harness turns. All harness turn, and then obviously like rear risers and and toggles to to plane out and flare. Um, but yeah, the turn to put, build up speed, and yeah, it's going to be. I'm not sure where when when or where that product. Well, to be fair, from the summer of love back in 2007, some of those prototypes already exist. Like nice. if anyone's ever watched any of those old videos where they pull the fronts and the whole canopy. Just... <laughs> I said to Attila, man, props to those guys. I'm glad I don't have to do that. Like I didn't really have to do that. Like I've had a couple of sketchy moments, but I have not had a parachute fly into my face yet that I was flying. So that's a good thing. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that that is a good thing. Touch wood for sure. That's that's actually a good point to jump you back a bit for for people that haven't seen the previous or t- heard the previous podcast that we've done. Um, I got hooked up. Uh, God, it's almost a year ago now with a um, a Facebook page called the Beginner Skydiving Forum. That's an epic page, man. It's got a a fuckload of young hungry jumpers. I think they've got over forty thousand people following the page now. Oh wow! Asking questions all the time and really wanting good information and and starting out AFF and solid questions. So for those guys that don't know how you got your start, um, tell them how you got started jumping and how you ended up being a test jumper uh, and more within Z Aerosports. Yeah, so. Um, I, I guess a few people have heard of it around, this, uh, around the world, but it's called the New Zealand Skydiving School. Mm. So I like to say I, I started back in the good old days when uh, it was a little bit lawless. You know, beer night was on a Thursday and you had to go jump off Friday because that's just what, what it was going to be like when you went to a drop zone. <laughs> so I did, the, I, did, um, I did the school there and uh, you get a, like a diploma, which, you know, like, Props to the guys who go in and, and get that and stuff like that. It's one way to do it. But I'm very fortunate in New Zealand, like the government, you know, subsidizes it. So you effectively get paid from the government to drink beer and learn to skydive for six months. So yay, New Zealand. How good. That's rough. And yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a hard life. So I started there in a little town called Methven. And then um, from there, from the, at the end of the course, you do a work placement. And from my work, I tried uh, my work placement. I decided to go to, well, luckily, I didn't decide. I got offered to go to Byron Bay in Australia, beautiful drop zone. Um, and from there, I just, man, I was hungry. Like, I, I kind of, it's strange. I, I knew pretty early that I liked flying the parachute. Like, even on um, like sub 100 jumps, I remember like burying toggles, just thinking, like, this is so much fun. Not really, like, obviously, not knowing what I'm doing, but just really enjoying that part of the skydive. And, um, yeah, so I went to Byron Bay. Luckily, they needed, like, I, I got onto 
I think I was doing full-time outside camera with my first year of skydiving. Like I was very, very, very lucky. Right place, just 100% a yes man, like bins need emptied. I didn't care what it was. Like I was on the drop zone and just going hard, you know? Sure. Um, luck, I skipped the packing, Matt, so how good. And then, uh, sorry, well, packers. And most of the graduates from that school end up on the packing mat first, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked so, with a kid named Adam Diamond that went through that school when I was jumping for ballistic blondes in Paihia, and, and uh, yeah. we gave him a huge rash of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was lucky. I was lucky. I was in a position of Byron Bay where, like, there was a group of people who just, like, one after another took a week off, and I filled in for, like, three or four weeks, and then the boss was like, Hey man, um, we need you for full time camera now. We're in the summer. I was like, sweet, how good. So, nice. man, much like any industry from Fire and Bay, I met uh, met a guy there, but Barton Hardy. He lives in Norway now, and he was the drop zone manager at um, Skyo Voss mm. in Norway. So uh, he was basically he was like, man, I got a camera slot for you. Do you want to come over? And I was like, fuck yes. And I remember um, the chief instructor at Skyo Fire and Bay, Steve Edwards, was like. Uh, you know, if you stick around another year, then you can go and come back whenever you like, kind of thing. And I was like, mate, I'm I'm going. Sorry, you can give my slot away. I'm I'm out. And then I just went uh, alternated between some, like Norway and anywhere else I could find work in the world. So mm. did some stints in like um, Jordan, uh, Mexico. Mexico was awesome. A uh, little bit had got my Lodi, my Lodi wings, my dodgy Lodi wings. <laughs> Come on, man. How many times did you get fired? And do you know what? Never. Really? Never got fired. Yeah. I didn't get fired there either, but I didn't technically yeah. work for him and he needed my plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. No, no, never got fired. He uh, he actually told me that I should stay one time instead of going back to Norway. And then um, the last time I saw Bill Dawes, I was trying to chase him around Manifest to give him a hug goodbye. And he was like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> and I still didn't get fired. So, oh, very yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, and then, so Norway was a big big part of my career for sure and that's where i started um i got on the, the one call team um team one call so doing we just basically would do stunts and i was doing the outside camera for a lot of it as well and then from that outside camera work by this stage i'd already picked up a couple of sponsors which you know uh, super grateful for one of them being nz aerosports um, and then they saw some of my stuff. I'd made some boogie tapes in the past and they were like, hey, you know, do you want to do you want to come on and do some uh, do some test jumping for us? And the main thing they wanted me there for was like content creation. And I walked in the doors my first summer there, like six years ago now. And they were basically like, hey, yeah, we're not sure it's going to be full time, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll try and keep you busy. And then it was flat out. And that was we started. Uh, I, I got there on the Sapphire 3 project. And um, I was a bit bigger then, a little bit, a little more beef to me. And I, uh, I, I was the biggest test jumper, which meant for a whole summer, my first summer of test jumping, like this is going to be insane. Woo! I was jumping uh, nothing smaller than like a one five nine. So I got to jump all the big sapphires. <laughs> so here I am, like, mate, I'm a test jumper. What do you jump? What was that? Nothing. I test jump there. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I, I got to go go take like the one one nines, you know, the one twenties and the one oh nines for jumps. So I was like, oh, it's so small. This is awesome. I'm like, wait a minute. And I was just been flying a picture like sixty nine or whatever. What's going on here? All right. What's well, a it's yeah. a it's a special kind of person though that hears a job offer to be a test 
jumper on parachutes and goes, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in. Because yeah. yeah. I couldn't have said no quick enough to a, an offer like that. Yeah. I mean, I was still in my 20s then, so, you know. I <laughs> Makes had a difference. That. It was, does make I a difference. I was invincible, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, but no, no. So that worked, that worked out, like, awesome. So the end of that summer, I spoke to Attila, um, who's also been on the show, um, obviously. He he was like <laughs> before I left, he came up to me and he was the one who said, Oh, there might not be, you know, it might just be part-time for the summer. And he came up to me quite intently. He was like, So you're coming back, right? And I was like, Yeah, man, I'm coming back. I'd love to come back. So awesome. and then it just uh yeah, it just keeps like going from there and doing more. And like my role's evolved a lot right now. If anyone's an athlete who's listening, I am the one you email. So it's you guys. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. I get so many messages. Who do I fucking call? Who do I call? So I'm going to yeah. blast you with emails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's it's honestly like my Monday mornings. I like, I rock into work and I'll just check emails and try and try and sort out all the athletes and all their little, little issues. But I mean, you know, for the most part, it's, it's awesome. I love you've, it. you've had a, a, a whole lot of different hats on over the pandemic for, for NZ Aerosports though. Cause every time I message NZ about anything, it ends up getting referred to you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it's a good, it's not a bad way to be, but at the same time, it's just like, it's kind of like get Chris to do it, which I'm like, all right, I'll give it a go. It's well, it, just make, yeah. For, for those that don't know, it just dawned on me for, especially for all the people that uh, have started listening and haven't heard your uh, previous podcast with me. You're at the beginning of every fucking podcast I've done for almost two years now. Um, yeah, so yeah. if you don't know, this is the voice of the NZ Aerosports ad with the very dramatic um, yeah. intros. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Very, very dramatic. The first one was super fucking cool because it was the take on yeah. train spotting. Uh, and yeah. this one's super dramatic. And I, I hit you up, I think, a week ago saying you guys got to give me a new leader. So I'm super curious yeah. to find out what you're going to put together for us. Oh, I was talking to Shannon the other day about it. Who's Shannon Emma and girl. And um, yeah, I was I was honestly, I when you said that, I was like, mate, I, I said to her, I messaged her, I was like, we've got to go like a little bit more pistachy in like. We've done the intense, you know, beautiful sky, you know, skydiving's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Um, which, you know, that was cool. That was yeah. like, definitely lent into, like, uh, what we, why we make parachutes. Sure. Um, but, right, that's the serious stuff over. Let's just go ridiculous. So I need to, I need to come up with something, mate. If anyone's listening and has an idea and, you know, I can make my voice go deeper, that's about all I can do. So, yeah. Dude, to I, suit, suit those needs. Oh, I'd love it. Well, and, and I mean, NZ Aerosports was always the perfect model for this podcast anyway. I mean, any company yeah. that where fuck yeah is the motto. I, I still, to this day, with the thousands of times that I've said that for the podcast, still get a little butterfly every time I get to say yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> it's just cool. It's good, man, because like, even if you're not saying, um, even if you're not saying that out loud, like that, when you people open like their yeah, when you jump your first canopy, and you know what, it doesn't even have to be an MCA canopy. It can be you know any one of the other manufacturers. There's plenty of good canopies out there. But sure. when you jump it the first time, especially when you've picked your own colours and you look up and you're just like, mate, that feeling, that's what fuck you is. When people oh yeah, think, like it's it's just swearing for the sake of swearing. It's not like it's nice to say fuck. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's satisfying. It's, it's it's very versatile. But yeah, when you, that feeling of like uh, for people who don't understand, like obviously maybe don't like that word. When you have that feeling, the first time you jump your new baby, that's what we, that's what we mean by it. And that's oh, the yeah. feeling. 
Well, yeah. and and people that have uh, issues with the language just haven't found themselves in a situation where it's called for. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it's always called for somewhere down the line. And one well, of the things that I discovered, especially with the podcast and, and uh, uh, writing and such, that I've used foul language so much that now I don't need to use it and people just hear it anyway, which is great because yeah. I get the Facebook, hey, we can't promote this because there's all this foul language. Language and it finally dawned on me. Everybody knows I'm the fucking pilot now, so yeah. I don't I don't need to use it all the time. They automatically hear it. Same thing with yeah. the, the NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah, because you got the two stickers or the the multiple stickers, right? You got the yeah. Icarus canopies. You got the NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah, side by side every time. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. That's no, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I can't remember where we got to there. You That's all good. Track. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I've ever asked you, was there ever any other plan besides jumping out of airplanes? Like, was there something you were going to be when you grew up or you just decided to skip it? No, nah, like I, I did. I actually started a building apprenticeship um, right right after high school. And uh, and I enjoy, like, I enjoy hands-on work as well. Like I enjoy that sort of getting getting stuck in kind of stuff so i think that's why like a lot of like when i'm when i was doing tandems and stuff like that just a hard day at the drop zone i quite enjoyed like sure and i'd rather do 15 jumps a day than five you know yeah. even if i was getting to the, to the most part getting paid this i just want to be busy i like you know yeah and so yeah i started a building apprenticeship and just didn't work out you know like i i was having issues with the company i was trying to go do it through it was a bit of a little clusterfuck to say the least and then um, I just kind of, I was like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to do a regular job. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Right. But I just, I kind of started realizing I didn't want to like go Monday to Friday to, you know, a building site or <laughs> funnily, ironically enough, Monday to Friday to an office, which effectively is what I do now. But I do get to go and leave that office during the week to go test prototypes. So sure. it's, not, it's not quite normal. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just didn't know. I, I, I knew I didn't want to do that sort of like normal normal job, I guess you'd call it, but I didn't mm. know what I wanted to do. So I just started basically Googling whatever I could and just finding courses and anything outdoors. And I actually, I almost uh, signed up to a, a scuba diving instructor course in my home city. Nice. And and then I was like, and I always, I, I don't know why, I just was like, I always wanted to skydive. So I just Googled skydiving course and that, that course nice. in New Zealand, the the qualification to get their qualification, like was the it was a Google ad. It was the first thing, and I was like, oh, what's this? And so I basically was on the website, just looking around, like looking at it for about maybe like 20, 30 minutes, and I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. Nice. So just sent in the application, and I was like, hey. and then so we, got like, yeah, we almost lost you to blowing bubbles, then, huh? Uh yeah. There's almost, a lot of parallels. There's a lot yeah, of parallels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's funny though. I've, I know a couple of people who are um, just solely scuba divers, and we've, I've spoken to them about skydiving. And then I've even kind of at that point now where I'm okay not to talk about skydiving, but they just were so determined to equate everything in scuba diving to like, oh, that's kind of like in scuba diving when this happens. And I was like, maybe man, I don't know. I've never scuba dived. It's, right. it's cool. We don't have to talk about this. Right. Just have a beer and just like chill. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny too, because I became a scuba diver years and years after becoming a skydiver, and I'm still of the opinion that scuba diving is dramatically more dangerous. Oh, man. Mate, there's, 
Like, what's going to eat you in the sky? Yeah. There's a fuckload of stuff down there that wants to bite you or at the very least just doesn't want you there. And the one thing we don't run out of in skydiving until it's too late is air. You know, (laughs) you get to breathe all the way to the end one way or another. Don't tell tandem passengers that, though. They think there's nowhere up there. The old, you know, when a tandem passenger would land and they're like, I couldn't breathe. I'm like, must have been all the oxygen up there. My favorite was shooting videos and you'd be in the tandem's face with them looking right in the camera screaming, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. breathe. (laughs) You're fucking doing a really good job. As an instructor, I used to say, if you don't think you can breathe, scream. If you can hear yourself screaming, you're breathing. Yeah. 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 For sure. But yeah, like, like you said, going back to the scuba diving, the equipment's way more complicated. So much more can go like, obviously there's, we have, when you look at a skydiving rig, like obviously not not to, to belittle it, but it's obviously simple because people have worked really hard and come up with sure. really ingenious ideas. But it's it's quite like when you understand the system, like except for how the magic of an AAD works, right? Baffles me, doesn't matter. But right. the you know, like compared to scuba diving setup, absolutely, like a lot less can go wrong. Well, and yeah, and in a skydive, when things go wrong, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's a matter of doing your emergency procedures and you're done deal. Uh, but if you're yeah. on a deep dive, if you're 80 feet down and your system goes to shit and, and for whatever reason, your regulator's not working and your buddy's gone and you can't reach your, your secondary or your secondary's fucked, that's it. Yeah. You're, you're done, man. And it's not going to last very long, you know? So um, I figured that out in scuba diving quite quickly. I'm like, oh, I potentially am fucked here. There's no reserve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. I like I've, I've done a couple of like tri dives and stuff like that, and I'm like, just even being like a you know like ten ten meters down, you look up and you're like, yeah, it seems like so far away before I've got like fresh air up. Oh, yeah. Well, not to mention uh, um, like a night jump, a night skydive compared to a night scuba dive. Yeah. Holy shit, man. There's glowing lights down there. I know where I'm going, but I have no idea what's two feet off my left shoulder unless I move the flashlight over there. Yeah. That's when a lot of things come out to uh, to play, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So um, what have you been up to over the the pandemic? I mean, I know we're kind of at the tail end of it and life's gotten back to normal to some degree, but how's it been for you? Um, Yeah, like honestly, I'm one of those people very good, like from the start of the pandemic. Um, Like I met my partner, like we've gone from dating, we live together now. So like in a, on a personal personal life, uh, really, really good. On like a travel the world skydiving point, pretty <laughs> shitty. <laughs> like most people, but we've definitely been a little bit slower in New Zealand with like waters, like those restrictions, those final restrictions easing. But man, we're in a position now we can travel, which is cool. Uh, at work, at aerosports, um, good. Like initially, man, I was just getting, paid to make ridiculous videos so uh, i'm not sure if you ever saw the quarantine diaries or anything like that when i was there. i did like, i did yeah. <laughs> it was funny my mate i was living with when i was making them who's in a couple of them he's like what are you doing i'm like bro this is work do you want to be in it he's like yeah i've got nothing else to do <laughs> like, sweet yeah good so that and then i mean with the pandemic we might, we might have said this before but basically you have to make budget cuts and one of the first things to get shut down was the r&d department because mm. we have products to sell that's fine we couldn't really spend the money on creating new products so a lot of our the stuff we were working on came to a grinding halt mm. um, but that has changed massively in the last pretty much in the last year the whole mindset is like right we're learning to live with it the orders are coming in we're still really busy um 
and the shift has been like, let's go, go, go. So, mm. and, and even the last five months, mate, the last month, we've pumped out like four brand new Annas. And before that, because um, yeah, so, I want to talk about Anna. No, I'll talk about Anna. Honey. I'm, not, I'm not part of the sales team. I don't have to explain why it's not for sale. It's not for sale because it's not ready yet, guys. That's why you can't order an Anna. I'll tell you when you can. Keep watching Instagram. Um, <laughs> but that, that, that uh, up until we made the, the latest batch, we realized this. The, the two that people might have seen, they're like Kelly Green and uh, like a blueberry. Mm. Uh, there's an 89 and a 79 that become our, our children. But they, um, those two canopies are over two years old. And those are the two most modern. Like the Anna Project has been going so long for various reasons, obviously the pandemic being a major one, dragging it out. But we hadn't made brand new prototypes until, uh, like brand new Anna's at least, uh, until the last two months, mm. uh, which is awesome, you know. And, man, we went from, like, not having made one to uh, I think we just pumped out, like, four or five different sizes. Wow. So, yeah, and, and also now we can start. We're starting to pick nicer colours. We're starting to think about uh, things like, dare I say it, the release video. So we've got a colour scheme going on, and it's just we've still got some teething issues, obviously, so that's why it's not ready. But uh, the ones that we've got humming right now are so much fun, so much fun. Like, Dan Guest, if you're listening, I was jumping your 63 the other day. It was pretty not bad. So <laughs> it's – and you think, man, like a 63, you hear that, and that's way out of the wing-loading range that we're going for. Like, that's not the range that the canopy is going to be designed for, but I'm the only one who can jump a canopy that small for the company right now. So right. I just took it out and loaded it like 3.35 or something, and terminal, and – like this is not a sales pitch. People listening, this is not what Anna's for. But I, you get, I was doing it, and it was, wow. it was awesome. It was awesome. But it does, like on a canopy that small, that's not designed to be loaded that high. Um, you, you trade off like it dies a little bit quicker on the rears because it doesn't carry as it's a seven cell. It's not Petra, so it's not going to glide quite as far. Sure. Um, I was jumping a seventy nine. Ah, uh, sorry, a sixty nine as well, and you just could notice, you know that. Those few extra feet, that extra six feet square footage, it does make a difference. So definitely sweeping the 69 further. But awesome fun to, to, to jump something that small that we've, you know, we've, we've been having a lot of issues with Anna, um, just trying to iron them out. And it's been, and it's just some days it feels like two steps forward, three back. And like, sure. Going on. Um, but it was just, it was so satisfying to be like, Mate, this thing opens, awesome. It had like, to be. It had to be. Yeah. We've got to get there eventually. So surely if we have enough shitty like openings, one of them's got to start going wrong. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of small canopies, this is actually quite a while back now, though, but uh, you guys sent uh, Luigi, uh, you sent him a fucking parachute in a in a business envelope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, so the very first one we sent him, that was a JBX. What was that size? Like a 37 or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and we sent them there, and they that was well before my time, and they folded it up and put it in a, uh, a line set bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Ernesto obviously did his, and I think we tried, we folded that one up tiny as well. And then the most recent one um, Luigi did. Man, props to Luigi. Like, I know he's a little dude and all, but he just jumped that thing. It was a slayer was what we made for him. A Slayer, right. what was it, the 34? I think so, yeah. Slayer 34. And it was like, he just jumped it out of the plane like a regular rig. He wasn't even like, 
like D-bag assisted, you know, right. and out of a chopper, out of a chopper of all things. And I was just like, yeah. And he, obviously they've got things to do like uh, in terms of when they release the footage and stuff. But sure. when we got some footage of it, he was like, oh, that was the fourth time I'd landed it. So he's just jumping it like his like, his everyday wing. There's like, like we talked about something like a 63. Mate, that's massive. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you think about like these tiny little canopies, but he crushed it. And um, yeah, he was, uh, He's a man. And the funny thing about that as well is uh, Ernesto still has the world record because mm. Ernesto got it done by Guinness World Records. Luigi was, man, I think he was just doing it for Audi or something. Yeah. You know, whatever. He's like a superstar over there. He doesn't give a shit. All right. Yeah. Oh, I was around <laughs> yeah. for when uh, Ernesto did his. Uh, um, I flew when he was on the slightly bigger canopy. I was flying for him. Uh, and then he switched to, I think, the Porter because he needed something to go proper slow uh, when he yeah. did that jump. And people talked about. Uh, um, uh, the size of the canopy or the wing loading not being that dissimilar to the camera guy that was shooting it, but uh, that yeah. was uh, that was Junior who was shooting with Ernesto, yeah. but he had a huge weight belt on and all this stuff, and it, it, they tried to explain the differences. Don't it's not just a you don't just make it smaller, and the flight characteristics regarding of the, the regardless of the wing loading now that flies completely different. Yeah. I mean it like. The, the twitchiest Sorry, little thing I've, I've ever seen. And you would watch literally as he was just barely shifting in the harness and the canopy is just wanting to buck and holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's not the same. Like junior, right. Junior's the man. Yeah. But obviously he would say the same thing. It's not the same. as shocking. No. Like it was like when I, I think when I first started, I was a bit heavier than one of my mates. He got on a one eventually he got onto a one twenty, and I was on a one thirty five. We were loaded the same. But my, I remember my app instructor being like, it's not, you know, it's not the same. Mm. Like my my coach or whatever. And he was, yeah, he was like, yeah, it's not the same because you've got more fabric up there. It's, it's a whole, yeah, it's loaded high for sure. But, mate, you've got half the, like half the material above you. Like even if you had the same loading, when shit goes wrong on something that small, yeah, it's it's wrong. You don't even, it's, it's wrong and it's too late. You know? you, yeah. Well, zero to light speed, man. And just like that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I remember thinking the very first thing that I thought when I saw Luigi's canopy was that doesn't look like it's any bigger than the kites people fly. Do you know what? I think it was probably smaller than like how insane is like that? a few other kites. Yeah, that's mental. The thing that I thought was crazy as well was like just look like you look at it from a canopy piloting sort of perspective. When you jump those like when you when a lot of people jump Petra for the first time, it's like just rock and roll. So when people are bringing in the RDS, they're like starts diving. He's like just there casually, just like, mm, like putting it away, and it's just like, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. It speaks volumes to his skill level, not to big up the company, but it's, I think it speaks volumes to also the like that product that was used and absolutely, and, you know, the, the the team that went into building it. So, I mean, I think I had I got a photo with it before it left the the factory. Like, yeah, we did this. I was like, I did nothing. I took it to the park, kited it, and then I took photos of people kiting it. I was like, that was my contribution. <laughs> created a little bit of content. I filmed some some footage of it getting done, but like, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's insane though when you really like when you really try and people see that footage and they're like, oh, jump to thirty four, uh, whatever. It's like when you really think about it, like think about what you started on. Think about the smallest thing. Like the smallest canopy I'll ever jump is probably like I maybe jump like a fifty nine, maybe one day. But, sure. But like I'm pretty much I've got a, a new Petra sixty four that I'm taking to the worlds. I don't really see any need to go smaller than that in terms of my own canopy. So. And then that 34, like, it's oh, yeah. half the size, you know, like, 
That's which is I look insane. at a 64 above me and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Sure. So, so with the with yeah. the worlds, you're you're going to compete. Do you have a, a goal in mind, or is it just to get there and enjoy the event? I've been going back and forth. I guess it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna. I'll see how I go. Um, well, I'm gonna do a couple of little training camps before I leave New Zealand, and then I have like a solid week at Eloy before the comp starts. Nice. So, which, mate, I mean, there's probably some swoopers listening going, "That's not a lot of time," and I'm like, "I know it's not a lot of time, but you work with what you got." So. I'm going to see. I'm going to judge it by how how the training camp goes in, uh, at the end of the month mm. here, uh, end of September, mid-September. Um, but there's, you know, there's a, like, there's a lot of young guys, and new swoopers in Auckland as well, uh, a lot of the staff out at Scott of Auckland. So I, I find it hard sometimes just to focus on myself. Uh, we've run the Nationals here a couple of times, and I've just been, you know, the last ones we did. And they're, they're very grassroots, not like, we don't have any FAI judges, but we follow all the FAI rules and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, man, it's, it was so cool. The last one we did, I was like, you know what, man, I'm just staying on the ground. I don't need to, you know, like sure. jump in this competition. I'd rather just be on the ground, help you guys out. And it was it was awesome. So I've actually said to them for these training camps in September, I'm like, I'll let you guys know. And I'm not going to be able to like film you, but I'll watch all your landings and like give advice and stuff. And it's just, it helps me too, because like yeah, swooping is a solo sport. You event, you jump out on your own, but it's nice having that. You know, your mates on the ground, a team that you can talk shit with. Someone sure. who's like, man, that was a nice run. Like, or that person who says, man, you missed those gates. Like, Fuck off, I didn't. No, you did. <laughs> now they, now you hate them just for them telling the truth. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I, I've no, said it. No, I've said it a million times on the podcast. The camaraderie in in swooping. Uh, seems to be more than anywhere else in the sport. And it's a sport with a lot of camaraderie already, but yeah. uh, uh, to see the swoopers out there rooting yeah. each other on when you're head to head competing is still fucking awesome. Oh man. Yeah. And I th- actually, so I'm going to weigh up the odds. I'm going to see, I'll probably set my goals closer to the time. Once I get a bit more time on the pond here in New Zealand, but obviously look, man, you hit the nail on the head. I can't wait to see like, I've got some really good buddies, like, well, I guess now we're becoming the old guard. I don't know. It's swooping. I'm going to turn up there. There's going to be a bunch of new dudes. And I'm just going to, and some of them are like absolutely killing it. Yeah. Like I've been watching the results and I'm like, never heard of this kid. Yeah. And he is smashing. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to like, even if, you know, I go there and I try to do well, I, I always am going to try and do well. But even if I flop, get some donuts, as long as I have a good time, hang out with my buddies, like, I mean, what more can you ask for? At the sure. end of the day, we're, we're just skydiving, you know, we're not saving the world. So. Sure. Sure. Well, I, but I've seen the it. difference between the, the, the mentality and the training regimen for someone that's just going to do the, the best that they can. And someone that is bound to determine for the podium. And yeah, there's a, there's a, sure. there's a switch there, you know, I mean, it's, oh, right, for sure. it, it's a, it's a whole different thing. I mean, like Nick takes it to the next level as far as yeah. dedication goes, when that boy says he's going to compete, get the fuck out of the way. He's going to compete. Yeah. And I think Kurt, uh, Kurt's the same as well. Cornelia, yeah. obviously, Cedric, man, all the French, the French people. <laughs> I remember talking to Cedric one year. <laughs> I think I'd done pretty well. I was like finished fifth of the competition, and he was like, "If you're not doing at least 500 hop and pops a year, man, no point. Like, you're not, you're not going to be top, making any podiums." And I was like, "Man, I, I did about 50 this year." <laughs> I was like, I think if you from the last few years before COVID, I was one of those guys who just like rocked up. And I trained, I did train, don't get me wrong. And I tried. And I I mean I'm competitive. So sure. like I, I put on a smile and I have a laugh. But inside I'm like, oh, fucker, I'm gonna push out here. Sure. 
But I think I just was like, just came across as somebody who turned up to comps and cruised and just like was placing top tens or like, you know, getting a, a medal at nationals or whatever, people with nationals just like, what's going on here? But sure. yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Looking forward to hanging out with all my mates again and seeing everyone and just looking forward to pushing hard on the pond, you know, like nice. get a little, get a little bit back into it. So nice. Yeah. Back to, It'll back to the roots, so to speak. Hey, back to the reason why, like I traveled the world and spent all of my money on it. So, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Same reason why all of us, all of us did it. It might not have been like canopy piloting or swooping or flying small canopies, but man, it might've been like chasing tunnels and chasing boogies. So Sure. Yeah. Well, for any of us that are that are lifers in the sport, uh, whether it's a fun jumper or working in the sport, everybody's got that one thing that just was the hook. I mean, obviously, the community is primary for pretty much everybody, but there's one part of the sport that just grabbed them, um, which it's always nice to get back to that if you step back for a while. Oh, for sure. man. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, it's it's like what we were saying um, before for the podcast like hey you've been flying for so long you're happy to step back now but yeah. and and I, th- I think over COVID I've been going so hard for so for quite a few years just like non-stop travel as many comps as I could kind of thing just throwing one money at it so when COVID hit I was kind of like eh, like being forced into a break I was like I'm kind of okay with it you know like oh yeah and then and then those those you know the last couple of years for sure I've just been like all right yeah I'm over this break now I want to I want to get back out there and you know and yeah. go hard so but it's nice, man, for anyone to appreciate something they have. So. Nice, nice. Any other uh, uh, any other things coming your way? Any other uh, special stuff with NZ Aerosports we should tell everybody about? Um, what have we got coming up? No, we're just going to just keep watching our social media. We'll keep teasing everyone who wants an Anna. Don't worry, it's never coming. But we're going to keep jumping it. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of things with in the works. We've got... Um, there is a plan to for any industry people listening to, to crank onto a tandem. I was actually, when we were talking about going head low, we have a system because obviously if we jump a prototype with a tandem prototype, then we can't be taking live customers or we right. take another testy on the front. So we have this big fucking sandbag. It's like 52, 55 kg or something like that. That was annoying me. I was lugging it to the plane, but you know what? Like, like league day, it was all good. And um yeah, that thing, because it, it's a bag. It has no arms. So when you were talking about that fucking, the head low thing, the trap door, I was like, my God, that's exactly <laughs> that system every time. So you just go like, just like look at the ground a little bit more. And it's just, yeah, the, the way the system's set up. But So we've, we've got like uh, maybe some tannin stuff. Like we've always been planning to do that. But now that we're finally ramping up, that's going. We've been just doing some tweaks to... Uh, like the student canopy is not exciting for people, but good for people getting into the sport because student canopies, mate, they don't need to be bags of dirt that don't flare. You know, they can be they can be nice opening, sure. you know, within reason, well-performing uh, canopies. So, yeah, a little bit of that. And then, I mean, I guess the one that everyone wants to know about is like, is there going to be something between the Crossfire and the JFX? And I hope so. I'm, anyone listening, I agree. I hope so. It's such a, It's going to be a fun project when we kick that off. Um, but yeah, just, just a couple of things. There's, there's a lot of R&D that people don't, uh, wouldn't even think about, but like lines, we've got, we've actually got a manufacturer in New Zealand who we're working really hard now with to, to build our lines for us. They, mm. It's going to be made in New Zealand. Um, and we've had some really promising results. And there's a couple of people actually out in Dubai who are, who are jumping them for us. Uh, and yeah, so 
some promising awesome. stuff. So there's there's little bits of like R and D that's just ongoing uh, that you know behind the doors, but ultimately improves the products. So it's good. It's all good stuff for sure. And then mate, bring on summer in New Zealand. Nice cold beers, long days. Yeah, it's coming, isn't it? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. So, uh, um, how do people follow? Um, well, first off, tell tell us about uh, NZ Sports. Where do they go to find out about all the equipment that you've got? Where do they go to find out about these little things, R and D, and all about the company? So, how do they find out about NZ Sports? And then, how do they follow you and what you got coming up with Worlds and everything? Yeah, nice. So, um, our website, obviously nzaerosports.com. Uh, you can go there, but if anyone's bored, you can go play on. Um, our color picker, the, the canopy of your choice. Um, best color picker around, I say, but I'm biased. I'm biased. Um, <laughs> and then for Instagram, it's uh, Icarus Canopies by NZ Aerosports. It's a bit of a mouthful, but if you just search for NZ Aerosports, you'll see us. And that's where we do all of our all of our updates. Um, and then myself is chris.j.stuart. That's my Instagram handle. Um and yeah, but I'm going, so with going to the Worlds, I'm actually going to be competing, but I'm going to be sticking around for a little bit afterwards and running the social media. So over, okay, it's going to be from pretty much from like the 5th of October to like the 20th, 21st-ish. I'll be, no, 24th. I'll be doing Instagram stuff, talking to our athletes, trying to keep people updated. So if you're curious to see what a world meet looks like uh, and training looks like, or the lack of training for some of us, um, just follow us on, uh, on Instagram. Nice, nice. And you know, that just gave me a great idea. I'm going to have to hit you up to uh, grab a few rock stars while you're at the Worlds, take them to a quiet place and uh, take the hot seat and uh, take them for a ride on the podcast. Absolutely. That'd be fantastic, man. Yeah, yeah. You'd be my uh, remote reporter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can definitely sort that out. I'm sure like, mate, I'll I'll have the company card. I'll be like, come with me for a minute. You get a few views out of your sports. That's it. Just throw them in the hot seat. That's it, man. Yeah, no, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Well, Chris, as always, fantastic catching up with you. I'm definitely going to want to talk to you again after Worlds, um, find out about your experience, especially if we get you talking to a few people and uh, um, look forward to what you got coming next, especially what kind of new leader for the the podcast you're going to come up with now that we know it's not going to be serious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, anyone listen, if you've got any ideas, like messes them in, like – I was spending, yeah, I spent a bit of time online the other day just going like great intros to movies and stuff like that. I'm like, we can rip off one of these for sure. We've just got to pick the right one. Oh, we got to find some way to, to work Pulp Fiction into it. Oh, that would be brilliant. There's yeah, got to yeah, be something sure. in Pulp Fiction that we can side by side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But no, thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Be All right. Sure. Perfect, man. Cheers. We'll see you. Beautiful. See you. And there you have it, another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. By Pussfoot. That's right, head to Pussfoot.com, the Extreme Sports Collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know him, you love him. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now 
now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to YouTube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to the fucking pilot.net or the princess pilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around.